What up, everybody? Welcome to the Genius Corner brought to you by Nabra Talk. I'm your host, Gene the Genius. Please don't forget to follow and subscribe to all of our social media platforms. You can also follow me, Gene the Genius, on Instagram and Twitter. That is J-E-E-N-T-H-E-J-E-E-N-I-U-S. All right. So I hope you guys are um, enjoying your quarantine time. Um, I hope you guys are having fun and taking care taking care of yourselves and um you know being safe out there all right so without further ado let's get to it all right so i don't know who needs to hear this but you need to stop selling yourself short all right so the idea the idea of thinking that we are not enough needs to be left in the past so many of us have gone through hell and i'm talking about putting work in grinding and busting our asses we graduated college we've established ourselves in very important company um our our network has grown we've gained experiences and we've applied knowledge to certain places but at times we still feel like we aren't enough let me share a little something with you right so i have this brother that i met back in college and we stay in constant communication um now this brother of mine taught me the importance of aiming higher than your set goal now it wasn't only him who taught me that i also have a friend of mine who taught me um who taught me this as well this was when i was going through a job struggle and she ultimately you know just took one text message because she was like where did you apply to i I gave her the a list she was like really that's where you applied to with a with a as a college graduate with all of this experience that you have with work that's what she's like you need to aim higher so my homeboy you know my bro he was like after college he you know he he's the one who taught me how to aim higher and why we should aim higher so this was a, a few months after um he sent me a college app not a college application a job application for ibm and he was like hey check this rollout um and he told me to read the job description and the qualifications so i read them and i was actually shocked at the job description and the qualifications i actually almost met you know all the requirements for the job which really shocked me now does that mean i was guaranteed the job role no but i had just as good of a chance as anyone else who was going to apply and i think that's the disconnect many of us lack um in applying ourselves to things that are challenging and let's not just focus on getting the job right so the job is one instance a lot of us feel like we'll look at the job description it'll say must know this uh, prefer that or require this you know it'll say you might you know they prefer a master's degree or it'll say um, you have to know how to do X, Y, and Z, or you need these type of skills. You don't have to have all of those skills. You don't have to have a master's degree. They just say it's preferred. But what if you have? What if you're someone who has who meets most of their skill sets, but you only have a bachelor's degree? That doesn't mean they're going to turn you away. Or what if you're someone who has the master's degree, but you don't have most of their skill sets? That doesn't mean they're going to turn you away either. The, my whole point is just put yourself out there and see what happens 
All right. So we we need to focus on just going for it and not um, just focusing. You know, like I said, this is not just about work anymore, because when we settle for anything simply because you meet the bare minimum, you're basically doing yourself a disservice in regards to personal growth, knowledge, experience and growing your networking community in general. You see, what happens is when you go and you apply for jobs where you say, oh, I could do that. You already you already feel comfortable. It's like it's like it's no question. It's easy. Why do you want to go and apply and work for somewhere where you already know everything? That makes no sense. That means you're going to be bored at work all the time. You're not going to learn anything at that job. There's no way. You know everything already. You met every single requirement. There needs to come there there has to be a time where you need to say, "Okay, it's time for me to actually go for something more." And the thing is a lot of us, we're fearful. We're afraid of failure. So that's why we stay in that comfort zone of, you know what? I know this and I know that. Let me stick to it. If you're in your early, you know what? I'm not even going to bring in the age thing because I work with people who are in their 50s, 60s, and 70s. They're learning their asses off and they don't care. So this has nothing to do with age. But what I want to really touch on, you 20-something year olds, the 20-something-year-olds, the 30-year-olds, the millennials, my friends, my colleagues, my associates, please, please. You can apply to places. This is not just for jobs. Do not settle for things that you meet all the standards for. It does nothing for you. The bare minimum. That's what you're basically putting. You're the bare minimum. You are the bare minimum. And this is why you need to apply yourself to things that are much higher and more and expected more of you. And I'll even touch on myself. When I applied for the job role that I have now, one of the reasons why I applied for it is because I knew nothing about it. But I knew I'm cap- more than capable of growing in that role. And I've been learning every single day in that role. I've made a lot of mistakes, but your best friend in success is failure. It's failure. So you can't go into a job and you can't go and apply to a job that has the same qualifications and requirements as the previous job you applied for. So why are you even leaving the current role then? It makes absolutely no sense. So when you go now and you take that same practice and then you apply to everything else in your life, right? Relationships. You see, we settle in relationships because we feel like we won't find the person we truly belong to. And we don't like the idea of being alone. Even if it's for a season, that's just that that, that mandates us. There's a season that really mandates us to be alone in preparation for the right person. You see, again, you're going into a relationship in most cases. The person meets the things that you need. And I don't want to get in relationships too much because I'll be here all day. And, you know, in my take on relationships and the foundation of it and everything. But let's just say this. I'll, I'll throw a little I'll throw a little God in this real quick. When you have your expectations of a relationship. Trust me, it's the bare minimum. 
it is literally the bare minimum so when you meet someone that really isn't for you and you see oh they have everything you're looking for yeah of course you have your own standards try looking for someone with the standards that god has in place for you it's totally different from what you have unless you've already had that communication with god of okay now i know what i'm looking for from a person but then again most of us go into relationships because it's the next thing available right now even if that even if the person isn't everything you're looking for in a, in a person you take them anyways because you really do not like being alone. A lot of us struggle with learning how to be alone. You always have to be around somebody or you always have to be talking to someone. And for, there, there's people who have it for different reasons. Some, some people, they need to let people know, I can ha- I can be, I'm in a relationship. There's some people who really fear of being alone. There's others, they have a reputation. So we accept whoever is available at the time. And, you know, like I said, we meet their minimum, their bare minimum, and they meet our bare minimum. And then it's no good for either party. Right. Sometimes we don't even have expectations in relationships. That's another thing. Going into relationships, going into relationships with no expectation, going into a new job role with no expectations. That's not good. You need to work on creating expectations. They don't have to be absurd, but you should have some type of expectation when you are with somebody, not just boyfriend and girlfriend, husband and wife, friendships, right? What are your expectations in these friendships? What are your expectations in your networks, in your community, stuff like that? You need to have expectations. And that lies another problem. When you don't create expectations for yourself, you'll you will settle for anything. You'll settle for any type of relationship, you'll settle for any type of career, you'll settle for any type of business partner and to the point where you'll take disrespect anytime. You'll take it because you've never set your own expectations of how people should treat you and your own expectations of how you expect yourself to be out there around people and that's a problem so this is why it's so pivotal to set the standards to set your boundaries and to set the expectations for your life in general for you and your life when you practice things like this you will walk and talk different you will have more confidence in yourself you won't be afraid to fail. That is so important. At my job, I've made so many mistakes to the point where it would not have shocked me if I didn't have a job. Right, I'm, 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 I'm ODing it, but I've made, I've made mistakes enough simply because I was not afraid to do what I had to do. I was not afraid to try doing things. Um, there are accounts that we normally do not open ever is rare i've never opened certain type of accounts the manager of that branch hasn't opened it i said let's do it anyways we're not and i always say we're not gonna learn how to do this until we actually try that's all i say let's just try let's do it if we make a mistake there is a way to fix it anyways so you might as well do it do not be afraid to put yourself in a position to fail as long as you're failing forward. That's all that matters.
That's it. You will aim higher in all areas of your life. When you have expectations, you're going to naturally aim higher. And it won't be out, out of the woodworks. It won't be, you know, absurd. It won't be um, in a way where it's it, it's it, it doesn't make any sense. It'll be because people expect that from you now because you expect it from yourself. And when you expect it from yourself, you're going to expect it from your colleagues. You're going to expect it from your coworkers. You're going to expect it from every person you are, you're around. So the point where people look at you and they say, this person has standards and boundaries and expectations and goals and all that, I should too. You're basically setting the tone for everyone else around you. You'll have a higher level of respect for yourself, which ultimately reflects how people respect you as well. You are responsible for how your life turns out. The only way your life will turn out the way you want it to is if you try a little harder. You aim a little higher. You go out and you put yourself in uncomfortable positions. You do things that you're not used to. Try things you don't know. Meet people you've never met. You have to. There's no way around it. Some of you will end up miserable simply because you never took the time out to figure out what you want. You never took the time out to create boundaries. You never took the time out to create the expectations you have for yourself. And some of you will make the necessary changes. Some of you will have will ultimately put yourself in a position to succeed because you know, okay, if I'm here, this is where I want to be. Do you really believe by doing the same practice you were doing previously, it'll take you to the next level, the next the next level by doing the same thing you were doing the previous level? That doesn't make any sense at all. The higher you go, the more work you have to put in. The higher you go, the more, ex the, the more expectations they'll have of you. The higher you go, the more you might fail. Failure is not a bad thing. It's not bad when you fail. The issue that people have when they fail is that they don't want to do it again because they failed one time. That's the problem. See, for me... When I go into doing something, whether it be a project or sitting with somebody or helping a customer or a client, I have specific expectations. Your job has expectations from you. This is why your job will succeed because they have they create they create expectations for you. You need to create expectations for yourself. At work, but more importantly, outside of work. Surround yourself with people who hold you accountable for your goals, your growth, your experiences. And that's that on that. Now, I hope everyone had a great weekend. Um, my weekends are usually a day and a half because I have to work on Saturdays, which isn't too much of a big deal. I don't mind it. It's whatever. Um, I work on Saturdays. <laughs> I work this Saturday. My coworker and I are not understanding why we work on Saturdays, though. Um, obviously, we're in a pandemic right now, and business isn't as um, isn't as high. So it's like there's no need for all of us to come in. 
when only two of us need to be here. So it's like, why don't we just rotate the Saturdays, right? Um, and as of right now, I'm working at a different location. And me and all of my coworkers, we've been moved to to that location together. So they've condensed the staff and everything. Now, the experience so far has been very interesting. Let's just say I can't wait to go back to my home branch. As of right now, I'm dealing with a branch manager who means well. But I would say they have problems effectively communicating um, with team members. So he has a he has this thing where he leaves the branch every like 30 minutes to an hour. Like I'm talking about going outside and not coming back for like five to 10 minutes. Some people might say cigarettes. Some people might say other things. I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. The issue I have is. In most cases, he doesn't notify people out of the out of the 15 times he leaves the branch. He'll he'll let you know once. Right. But he returns when he when he comes back, he'll be like, you guys are supposed to be watching the lobby. You guys are responsible for what this is the person who was just watching the lobby who's coming at us to tell us to watch the lobby. And the reason I'm talking about this is because it really blows my mind because there was an instance where this past instance, we just had an experience where uh, two clients came in and they were sitting at the lobby and what they were sitting, I guess they were sitting there for a minute. Um, I'm on my computer doing computer work. And so was everyone else. All four of us who don't have to be here. We're on a computer doing whatever. We didn't know he left the lobby. So he comes in and he's like, oh, oh, can I help you ladies? And they're like, yes, we need help with such and such. So he brings them over to one of us and he's like, you guys need to be watching the lobby. We look at him like, "You are you serious right now? He's like, you need to, you guys need to be watching the lobby. We're, we just look at him like we're like, we're so shocked at the fact that he really came at us. Like, I'm like, are you dead ass right now? So. He helps. He brings them over. He comes back to myself and the, the 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 person who works with him on the daily, and he's like, "You guys need to be watching the lobby." I'm like, "I, bruh, we get it. We need to be watching the lobby." So another issue is I've had a couple bad surveys, according to our our company standards. A bad survey is anything below a nine. I got two eights for his branch. Right. So he emails us and he's like, we're, we're below, we're performing under, we're underperforming in surveys and customer service. He, they want an explanation and he's telling us, I need to meet every single client you sit down with. We're like, how the hell are you going to do that if you're not here? So my manager, well, the manager of the branch that I work at, he came, he came in today. He's like, yo, I heard you got like bad surveys. I was like, well, the first one, you met the client. They seen they were they seen it was cool. I guess they they didn't like the um, they didn't like the process of how how we took care of everything, which is fine. The second person, I don't know where it came from. Plus, even if he even if I wanted the client to meet him, because you weren't here, he wasn't here again. And he was like, "Yeah, I I I know, I assume that." I'm like, "Okay then." So, um, and that's that's my thing. 
I'm not saying um this person th- th- this this specific guy is a bad leader. He, he but my whole thing is people there are people in in leadership roles who don't look at themselves before they try to blame um all the other associates. I've worked with people like that on many occasions. We've had to have group meetings to solve this type of stuff but in this instance i don't need a group meeting because i don't work there and my whole thing all i'm gonna do is i might talk i might pull him to the side like look i know you mean well um i'm not here to argue with you i don't mind having you sit down with all my clients that's what i that's what i do at my regular branch but i'm gonna need you to stop leaving the branch if you can't leave if you can't sit still or stay inside for more than an hour and 30 minutes, I'm not obligated to call you. I'm not looking for you. I'm not chasing you every single time you leave the branch. I don't get paid to do that. Now, if you're not available, I'm going to see if someone else is. But you can't say you need, to sit, you need to meet every client if you're not present in the branch. No one is going outside to catch you. And I'll approach it with respect because remember, guys, if you have issues with your coworkers, your managers and leadership, there is a way to do it. Don't call them out in front of people. Right. Don't don't come on. Go off on them unless they're really doing something crazy. In this instance, this isn't where this in this area, like there's no need to like go off and argue. You could just let them know, like, hey, I don't mind um, having you sit with my clients. I'm like, but you have to be present. Like I, I'm not just let them know I'm, if you're not here, I'm not going outside to to call you. Um, and that's that. I just wanted to like share that with you guys because I'm pretty sure some of you guys have managers that could be, you know, it could be difficult to work with them. I've worked with a lot of different managers. I've had some really good ones, really great ones. Um, but I've also had some very tough ones. The thing is, it's very funny. I've had managers where they weren't bad with me like they didn't have issues with me they had issues with my coworker, and my coworker couldn't really communicate with them because the manager was poor in communication like communication i would say like if i if i had to create a job role where it's about leadership i'm definitely testing you on how you communicate with people because you can't be a leader and your communication skills is zero. Absolutely not. Not at least not in my company. Um, so basically in in that in that situation, it was just he he didn't he didn't have patience with the coworker when she, we just started working there. That's one. Two, um she would make mistakes here and there, maybe forget a few things. Like any little thing you did, like little simple stuff. You may have forgotten to put up like a poster and, you know, maybe you're supposed to put the poster up the night before and she closed and he'll come in like pissed the hell off. Like, yo, what the hell? And I'm like, bro. Uh, and he, I mean, one time he was like, the next time y'all do X, Y, Z, I'm writing y'all up. I said, go ahead. I said, that's not an issue for me. He's like, I didn't ask you if it was an issue. I'm like, bro, I think you're overreacting. Um, the person forgot to put up a poster you still have a job today. All you had to say to her was don't forget to put up the posters, 
how would you like to be reminded do you want me to like there's ways around like you do not need to be tweaking on somebody for little things like that at work there's really almost no reason unless it's really that bad to the point where now i gotta really be tweaking but if it's for like operational things where especially if it's if the person just started working there and they're getting used to it i remember it took my coworker a while to learn how to do the cycle count i learned how to do the cycle count in maybe like two two weeks um and that's trying it twice my other coworker, my other coworkers, i taught them how to do it because they didn't want to learn from our manager at the time so i showed her she got it eventually but i told him i was like i'll, I'll even write like a a, a simpler a step-by-step for her because at this at that time they didn't have like a step-by-step thing it was more off the fly this how you do it boom 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 so i was like i'll write it out i'll write it out for her i did it she used it and then she eventually learned how to do it and that was it my whole thing is i know there's and this is the other thing about me i know there's people who don't have the patience for other people so then they 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 use me as the person with patience to work with other people like yo what's her deal was i'm like bro other people learn differently that does not make her any stupid she's actually probably one of the smarter people it's just you want perfection you work in a industry where there's no such thing as perfection and that's fine if you want perfection but i think you got there's a time and place for that perfection and perfection is not for the workplace in some in some in certain instances yes perfection is necessary like for operational standards and stuff like that but when it comes to like putting up a poster the night before you forgot that or maybe um you missed a couple of things or something in the back you didn't bring things in the back like you got to have emotional intelligence when you're working with people when you're working on a project with a with a group of people with a team like you can't be tweaking on people because you go off on the wrong person you might get slapped i'm dead ass so just be careful there's a lot of reasons why you gotta learn there's a way to be assertive where people respect your assertiveness there's a way to be aggressive where people can still respect it but do it in a way where you're not condescending do it in a way where you you still respect the person's deficiency it's like okay i understand you struggle with this and you ask them how do you want to learn how to be better at this maybe there's someone else who can teach you that's all it is that's what leadership is about that's what management is about management is seeing how how can you help your team win because if your team wins obviously you win and that's what it's all about okay um i I wanted to go into um you know we are in a pandemic right now but I want to talk about what is to happen after this pandemic is over. So I have I have three I have like some top three future expectations post corona pandemic. Um this these are not uh facts, these are just my opinions. Um basically what I'll be what I'm going to tell you guys is just what I believe is going to happen moving forward in the world. Um in our age um in our you know time i believe this pandemic is a shift in a lot of different elements a lot of different layers um this is just the beginning of what is to come so you know how like 
we all have our time of where we feel like this is what's going to happen. I have all this planned out. Da, 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 da. And then, boom, something comes up. You're like, damn, I had all this planned out. This is basically it. Corona, nature, the nature of life works in a way where we have no control over it. Things will come out prematurely or things will end prematurely because of nature itself. So we have no control over that. But be mindful. In order for us to progress, we must go through things like this. In order for us to grow as an economy, as a society, things like the coronavirus will happen where it will force us to think harder, work smarter, and ultimately live better. And, it, and unfortunately, it does come at a cost of losing people's lives. This is we right now we are in a health war. OK, this is a health war, a global health war. Um, and it's a different type of breed. OK, we, every day we got to go out in armor with the with the masks and the gloves and all that. It's the same thing. The only difference is it's not we're not dying through uh, through the hands of of a soldier. We're dying through the hands through the through the works of a virus. OK, so just be mindful of that. So my first expectation for the future is that the technology world will will definitely hit another peak so look how much technology we're using right now if you thought we were using technology a lot before it's about to take a whole nother leap it's going to take another step and it has to technology is going to continue to rise and like go on the stock markets and look at Amazon and Google and Apple. Um, look up all these technology. Like I have these technology stocks. They're not going anywhere. Even if they did poorly for like a week or two during the stuff, this is the best time to look into like technology stocks. I would say um, social media ain't going nowhere. More social media development will be going on. Um, you can look for the next social media app that might take over. That might. Uh, be a breakthrough for for us as a society you gotta ask yourself what is instagram missing that another app can create what is snapchat missing what is linkedin facebook and twitter missing that the next app can potentially make all right you know ever since the pandemic started many of us have been forced to work from home which raised the value of communication See, what I expect to see in the near future are apps and platforms that have pr that provide like high quality videos for conferences and recordings. Um, as of right now, we're 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 using Zoom, which is easy to use, but the quality of the video is very, very low. There will be an application that will find a way to create live videos in at least 1080p and possibly 4K, which will change the game forever. Another element of technology I believe should uh, we should be aware of is cloud space, storage, and data. We are transitioning into the next phase of, of the digital world, so pay attention to that. Big data is a large industry. Collecting data is every single day. People are collecting data every day. So when it comes to data, you want to look for the company that has the fastest speed, the biggest storage, the most protection, all of that. OK, um, another prediction I believe that's going to happen is certain jobs will be obsolete 
and will be replaced by uh, machinery at a lower cost. This means if you want back in on the job industry, you must be part of the new the crew that ultimately produces the machinery that took your job. Um, if you don't want to do that, you'll just have you have no choice but to start your own business. I also said that uh, on Twitter, I tweeted in about 10 years, the college business is going to be useless for most of people's careers. Unless you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, a surgeon, um, what else? A doctor, a lawyer, engineer, you know, things like that, that really require you to go to school. College is going to be almost invaluable there's going to be no value to a lot of people and that's because i do see a lot of us waking up and realizing that i don't have to go to college to do this i can literally learn this in six months to a year and become good at it and then make money off of it right after and that's not a bad thing now if you still decide to go to school that's fine because college is not just about getting the uh you know the diploma you you should you should definitely go if you go build your network build you can start building your business there some people want to go to school because they still want that degree some people want to go to school because they want they just want to get away from home and college can help them with that but i'm just saying i predict that college will become less valuable in a lot of different industries because of the type of resources that are developing right now because of how we're able to make a living off of an app right now it's only going to get better and easier for us to start making a living for ourselves the previous generation would judge us oh you make you make money off of instagram and then the future generation will say nice we're making money off of instagram What's the difference between someone who makes $50,000 a year off, off Instagram and someone else who makes $50,000 a year um, from a nine to five? What's the difference? It's still $50,000. What's the difference between someone who went to school and had to and, and makes a hundred K a year and someone who makes a hundred K a year on Snapchat? There's no difference. It's still a hundred thousand dollars a year. You get what I'm saying? So I just feel like people will, a lot of us will start realizing that college is not the first option and it's not the only option. And if you do decide to go to college, use it to your advantage to build a network, to build a fan base where you can monetize off of it while you're in college. I saw a tweet today that resonated with me um and it was about people shaming it was about it was about people shaming others for um uh going to community college i can't believe we're still having that conversation but basically she said i'll, I'll find a tweet for you okay here it is all right, so there, there is some slight explicit language, just to let y'all know, but I'm just reading off of what the person said. So this is off of Twitter. If you want to go, her at name, if you want to find the person, her at name is at L-U-M 
P I Y A S at Limpius. Limpius. I don't know. All right. So this is what she said. And quote, shitting on community college and acting like you're better than other people for going to a named university makes you an elitist and classicist. End quote. Um. Yeah. Why are you like okay? So I remember when I I graduated high school and I was going through a very difficult time right after high school. Based to the point where all of my college plans went straight into the garbage. Um I had plans of running track. Um I was supposed to go to Pennsylvania, go to college out there didn't happen whatever so now i'm trying to figure out plan b mind you i'm a 17 18 year old boy never really learned how to make decisions on their own because i was just a young young kid my mom raised me most of my life made all my decisions like a normal kid right um and then she was like well you're not going to pennsylvania anymore because of you know certain things like i was like, okay fine so and I sat home for a few days. She's like, are you going to apply to college or what? Like, what are you doing now? I applied to UCC. I didn't know you had to apply, but I was like, I would, this was me like not having any like care of going to college at this point. This was like for a small window of my life. I really didn't care. I, I cared, but I didn't know what exactly to do. But, you know, it was like you want to do it, but you don't have anyone helping you. So I had no one help. So I was just I was just chilling home. You know, it was still summertime. So I was trying to I was enjoying summer. But at the same time, I ain't, I couldn't go nowhere. I didn't have a car. I was just chilling home and my mom would come home like, OK, so what's the update on you going to school and everything like that? I said, I don't know. I'm waiting on it. She said, let's just go to the school. Went to the school. They made me take a placement test. Um, and I was one of those kids who had to start from like the bottom bottom. Like I came from the mud in college. I had to take the remedial classes. I took them and some of y'all need to put y'all proud aside and accept the fact that you don't know math or you don't know how to read or you don't know how to write when you go to college. It's okay. That's why they have those classes. So I had to take some of those classes. Some some of them I know for English, I had I, I was able to skip one because I got an A and I got right into college English and all that. But when it came to UCC, the thing that turned me off was this was before UCC was like what it is now. I went to a advisor's office. She said, "Okay, so you'll be here for about four years." I said, four years." I said, "That's how long it takes to get a." a bachelor's degree i'm like four she said yeah because you gotta take all these classes i said i'm not going here so i went to middlesex i registered i took my i took my placement test they told me okay you'll take these classes and then you'll be able to go on and take the college courses i understood the purpose of the remedial courses i knew i knew what the point of taking those were they said it okay they said you'll take these classes because you're not up to speed for college courses yet and i said okay that's fine for me like as a person i always i always knew i was not the smartest kid in the room whatever at middlesex that's where basically my 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 focus and seriousness started to take place 
I went to Middlesex. I passed my classes. I got into college courses. I got my credits. The most important thing that happened to me at Middlesex County College was meeting my EOF advisor. Shout out to Flora Stowe. This woman, this black woman, I sat with her every single week. And she helped me become the person that I am today in regards to professionalism, respect, in regards to just having a sense of humanity for a lot of things. Like, I'm telling y'all, I'll never forget there was a session she had with me for a resume. I got out of class at around 2.15. I ate. I had a meeting with her at 3 o'clock, 3.15. I didn't get out of the meeting until 5 o'clock. Why? Because she spent almost two hours showing me how to put a resume together. Little things like that goes a long way. She's also She also sent me things like, Again, this goes back to what I was talking about with being around people that encourages you to aim higher and stuff. She sent me gigs for jobs that would help me with my experience, right? She was awesome. Her and the entire EOF staff was amazing. I will never forget them. This was at a community college, which built me and prepared me for Kane University. So I went to Kane, I transferred there. I was I was already there. Like I I had I was I was good. And guess what else? I saved a bunch of money. The amount of debt that I'm in, I can pay that off in a year or two, which I will. All because I went to a community school. Now, I'm not knocking anyone who goes to a four-year school first. That's fine. If you're able to do that, go ahead. But what she was saying, what the girl on Twitter was saying is there's no need for you to knock somebody who starts at a community college. There's no need for it. In most cases, the reason why someone starts at a community college is because they don't have the money to go to a four year school. Or they just feel like going to a a two-year school first is their decision my friend she went to a community college she went to ucc now she goes to rutgers she went on almost a full scholarship let me tell y'all something about transferring from one college to another after you complete your credits the colleges take you first Because what they what they already see, oh, this person already completed a college degree. So stop letting people, most of the time, who didn't even go to school, tell you that a community college is worth nothing. Because that's a lie. And you know how I know that's a lie? That goes back to the first conversation I had. That job application that my homeboy sent me, guess what the qualifications were for? It was for IBM, right? Guess what their requirements were? Just an associate's degree. 
from a community college. So don't let anybody tell you that a community college degree is worthless. Do what you want. But make sure when you go to the community college, you go with purpose, you go with intent. That's the key. You go with expectations. You go with standards. You will find a lot of great resources at a community college, smaller classes. You'll be able to network better. It's a little tougher when you go to a four-year and you're always welcome back to the two-year for help even when you're still at your four-year. Because there's people who start at a four-year school and end up going to a two-year school. There's people who start at a four-year school and they can't even pass their classes that they started in the four-year school. There are people at a four-year school who wish they would have started at a two-year school. Let's just keep that in mind. I remember a woman came up to me and told me I would not graduate from a community school because she was all in my business. Like, Oh, where are you going after high school? This is for someone that I don't speak to. Never spoke to her. Didn't care. She used to go to one of my old churches, one of those nosy women in the church. Found out I graduated high school. I was like, oh, where are you going? I'm like, oh, I'm going to. And this was a time. And, and again, I have so many stories of where I where I could have felt guilty for going to a community college. But luckily, the way my mom raised me, the, it, it, she was like, why are you going there? You're never going to pass. You're never going to graduate if you go to that school. Be, so basically, people's perception is if you go to a community college, you'll never graduate. My whole thing is there's people who go to four-year schools and don't graduate either. So what's the difference? My homeboy, he had, this was when he was dating a former girlfriend of his. And we, I guess we all followed each other on Twitter. This was like earlier, early days in Twitter. She was like, oh, congratulations, da, da, da. She said, oh, what school are you going to? And me, I said, oh, I'll be starting my, my college career at Middlesex. She said, oh, my God, I'm so sorry to hear that. I said, why are you sorry to hear that? She didn't respond back to me. I'm like, what's the big deal? In my head, I'm like, college is college. This is not, and I love Middle, Middlesex County College's um, campus is beautiful. If you've never been there, take a visit. Like, it's really nice, especially during the spring semester. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Looks like a, looks like a mini four-year campus, literally. And I just, I'm like, yo, you, y'all, you guys really don't know how college works, do you? I took the classes just as seriously as a four-year school. The only difference is it's cheaper. It's in, in, I don't like to use the word cheaper. It's inexpensive in smaller class sizes. You're taking literally the same classes you'd be taking out of four-year school the first two, two and a half years of your, of your college semester, your college years. So I don't know what people was talking about. They pick you first when you come from a college already and you graduated. The problem that people have, they don't like to complete things. So they'll go to the community college and they'll blame the community college for putting them in remedial courses when you would have started in a remedial course at a four-year school anyways. 
Do the work and you'll be fine. A lot of y'all don't want to do the work. A lot of y'all feel entitled. And that's the problem. Y'all be going, y'all be, you guys be going into places thinking you're entitled because you come from certain places or backgrounds and stuff like that. Let me tell you something. These colleges don't give a damn. If the paper says you need to be taking, if the test says you, if the test says you did not pass the requirements to start taking college level credits, then accept it. Y'all cannot be entering college with pride, with that much pride. There's no way. Somebody need to teach y'all that if you're going to start college. Throw the, leave the pride at the door. Get ready to learn some real shit. Seriously. Because you guys be thinking because you graduated high school with this GPA and all of that. It doesn't work that way. These professors don't care. It's a lot of yous in college. It's the same type of people in college. It gets tougher. Very competitive. Even in a community college. Very competitive. Especially when you're about to walk out and graduate in those level courses. It gets pretty serious. And it's easier to get into any four-year school after you graduate from an associate's program if you try to go to a school if you try to get to a school for out straight out of high school like an elite school straight out of high school good luck if you go to a so if you go to a two-year school and you do your thing a high gpa you volunteer you've done some programs and you apply to that same elite school, I guarantee you there's a higher chance you're getting in. You already went to college. They see that already. It's on your transcripts. Your transcripts are your transcripts are fine. You might even have work experience. You don't think they'll take you? It'll be hard for them to reject you. It's easy to reject the high school kid. It's a little harder to reject the college student, a college graduate. Colleges love college graduates. Just keep that in mind. My next prediction. Oh, man, I got sidetracked, too. I'm sorry about that, but I really had to put that out there. My last future expectation post-corona, there will be inflation. There will be inflation. Um, right now, a lot of things are for the low. If you If you look at gas prices, they're for the low. The thing with gas and oil right now is so funny. It's it's we have so much supply of gas that we're overstocked, right? But I'm not just talking about gas. I'm talking about everything. Things will become more expensive, but I just hope the trend for wages goes up as well. So inflation inflation isn't going to be a hit where it's like you know, this year you could go to the store and get a water bottle for a dollar thirteen, a dollar thirteen cents. Um, and then tomorrow after post you know, post pandemic, it'll be a dollar and ninety-nine cents. You'll see the small changes for sure. There will be inflation everywhere. I just hope that they don't skip paying people when it comes to inflation if i don't mind inflation just make sure you pay me for, you pay my you you inflate my uh my paycheck as well <laughs> all right but um so people will say so what should we do i would say invest 
Invest during these times. Invest, look for companies and industries that you know are still going to be here. Companies like companies, you know, industries like the uh, social media, the tech world, biotech, oil. Um, those are industries you want to focus on because they're going to be around. Um, pay attention to the stock market and the crypto market. I would say I'm getting into cryptocurrency right now. It's pretty interesting. There's 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 a lot to learn in cryptocurrency. I'm not a pro. I'm not a pro at the stock market either, but I pay attention. I pay attention, okay? Um, and I invest. Also, create a business plan. Figure out what kind of business will be thriving after all of this is over. What business do you think you can make and, and you can make and 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 get a return on? Um see what you can uncover. Okay? And just make sure you invest your money wisely. I know I talk about that all the time, but you can. If you have 5, if you have $50, you can put it in a in an index fund. Fifty dollars a month. Sometimes it'll be fifty three. Sometimes it'll be lower. But if you if you find an index fund, just put money in it every single month for the next twenty years. You'll get a good return on that. Um, but that's all I have for you guys today. Thank you for tuning in. Follow the Nabra Talk page on Instagram at Nabra Talk. That's N A B R U H T A L K. And subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, that's N A B R U H T A L K as well. Nabra Talk, Nabra Productions. You can type either one, you will find us. Shout out to my Nabra family. Shout out to everybody that's doing their thing. Remember, stay focused. Have expectations for yourself. Stay grounded. Stay disciplined. Keep your tunnel vision. Um, and yeah, that's all I got for you guys. Thank you for tuning in. So see you guys next time. I'm out. Deuces.